Here we go. West Hills Friends is a Quaker meeting in Portland, Oregon. You can find more information about our community at westhillsfriends.org. As a Quaker community, we encourage everyone to share from their hearts, especially as it pertains to God's leading in their lives. These words are shared into a community that values the opportunity to respond and dialogue about what is said. The responses and dialogue are not included in this recording. The views expressed in this content are solely those of the original contributors. And do not necessarily speak for the entire West Hills Friends community. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. It bothers me that fruit flies have such a long name. I don't think that's reasonable. Ants, gnats, fruit flies. Why do fruit flies get another word? That's not right. Honeybees get an extra word. You know what honeybees do? They make honey. Do fruit flies make fruit? No, they don't. Fruit flies are no bigger than a speck. They're concentrated little blobs of aggravation. They come into your kitchen. They suck necrotic juices from your banana peels. That's what they do. Maybe we should call them banana vampires. <laughs> banana vampires is a pretty good name, but it's even longer than fruit fly. We need something monosyllabic. Bees, ants, we need something like that. When I Googled fruit fly, 
All the links were to articles like How to Get Rid of Fruit Flies, 10 Strategies to Get Rid of Fruit Flies, 4 Homemade Traps to Get Rid of Fruit Flies, which makes it obvious there's only one thing we want to do with fruit flies. We want to get rid of them. So maybe we should call them rids. Whether you call them rids or fruit flies, these little creatures can tell when there's extra carbon dioxide in the room. It's one of their vampiric powers. They can sense when there's elevated carbon dioxide in their immediate area. So why would there be extra carbon dioxide in the air? What would cause such a thing? It's us. When we breathe, we exhale carbon dioxide from our lungs. By the chemistry of our breath, fruit flies know when we are around, and they know how we feel about them. <laughs> they know the insecticidal rage that burns in our hearts. Under normal circumstances, fruit flies will shy away from carbon dioxide. They will do their best to avoid us. If they're hungry enough, fruit flies lose their sense of caution. All those fruit flies that buzz around your face are driven to risky behavior because of hunger. If they had full bellies, they would be hiding from you. Hungry creatures do what is risky. It's true for fruit flies, and it's just as true for large predators. All things being equal, lions would rather chase down a tender zebra or gazelle. But if they're hungry enough, lions will attack something more dangerous to them. We all take risks when we're hungry. Sometimes I get hungry when I'm here working in my office. Sometimes I get so hungry that I leave my office and I walk down to the other building. When I'm standing in the church kitchen, I feel obligated to look inside the refrigerator, even though I'm pretty sure I know what I'll find there. <laughs> inside our refrigerator, there tends to be a bottle of ranch dressing, a can of whipped cream from Sunday Sunday, and some yellow mustard. At least one of those things will be expired. <laughs> Even though we clean the fridge a couple times each year, it's not uncommon to find something in the refrigerator that expired three years ago. <laughs> I wonder if that counts as a miracle. <laughs> I wonder if angels have been manifesting themselves inside of church refrigerators all over the world, leaving behind ancient bottles of salad dressing. If churches actually talked to one another, maybe all the different labels would spell out a cryptic message from God. Let's just leave that question for another time. <laughs> the point is, I get hungry. Sometimes I get so hungry that I wander down to the refrigerator in the other building. I open the door and I look at the bottles of salad dressing. I look at the leftover carrot sticks turned opaque and gelatinous with age. I look at the archeological remains of potlucks gone by, and I don't eat any of it. <laughs> I close the door and I walk away. I'm not that hungry. 
I'm not hungry enough to risk eating something that might make me sick. But some people are exactly that hungry. Some people are hungry enough to risk eating food that I no longer consider food. Some people get that hungry. It gives me pause. On this planet, all creatures take more risks when they're hungry. And some people are so hungry, they're willing to take risks that I wouldn't even consider. Some people are Jack and the Beanstalk hungry. They're so hungry that they'll trade everything for magic beans. They'll climb a giant beanstalk into the clouds, enter a monstrous kitchen. Some people are so hungry that they're willing to become like fruit flies in the house of a giant, small and powerless and hungry enough to expose themselves to danger. I get to choose whether or not I risk my safety in order to eat. Some people don't have that choice. Some people live where no choice is safe. This can happen because of war. It can happen because of famine or drought. Some people are at risk no matter what they decide. When they grow hungry enough, they will take risks that I would never take. They will flee their homeland in a little boat. They will choose between buying the medicine they need and the food they need. Usually when we talk about hunger, we talk about the distribution of food. That makes sense. We know there's enough food in the world to feed everyone. We have all the food we need. So of course it makes sense to talk about how we can distribute the food more effectively. We should talk about the distribution of food, but maybe we also need to talk about the distribution of risk. Hungry people are more inclined to take risk. Hungry people are not stupid, but they can be lightheaded. They can find it difficult to concentrate they can be exhausted by the stress of their circumstances. Hungry people are more inclined to take risks, but less equipped to be in a place where they can make good and sustainable life choices. Those of us who are well-fed are better equipped to make difficult choices. What sort of risk might we take so hungry people face less risk? It's a risk to spend our money on someone else. It's a risk to invest in unproven systems of sustainable farming. It's a risk to commit our time to someone else's need. It's a risk to open our lives to other people. We are the fruit flies with full bellies who can remain hidden when someone exhales their carbon dioxide into the air around us. We're the ones who can be safe, but we're also more than that. We are the hands and feet of Christ. We are the instruments of God's love. We are the ones that we're waiting for. What sort of risk might we take so that hungry people 
face less risk. As Jesus was being ground in the gears of the Roman Empire, Peter tried to distance himself from the risk of association. Three times, Peter denied any connection to Jesus. When the risen Christ appears to Peter, he calls the disciple back to a place of risk. Feed my lambs, care for my sheep, feed my sheep. Providing this nourishment will be risky. Peter knows it. Jesus knows it. Jesus foreshadows Peter's death. Peter wants to know, why should I take this sort of risk? He points to another disciple and asks, what about him? But Jesus doesn't let Peter off the hook. If I want him to remain alive until I return, what's that to you? You must follow me. We are called to risk. We can talk about the distribution of food, but we should also talk about the distribution of risk. What risk are you called to carry so that hungry people carry less?